guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Phil Casal. Hi, guys. Uh, that's Lisa Mandel. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is the bitch seat, obviously. That's why I never made a house team. I was not listening. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, well, uh, it's September, and um, uh, a lot of people say this is their favorite time of year, uh, which I don't understand. I don't understand those people. What? I thought you loved it. I love October. Oh, right, right, right. September's so, fun because of the buildup, but the fact that it's September. Uh, it's, a, it's, mostly, it's mostly a month of like anticipation and nausea because it's the beginning of the school year, and so we're about to descend into six months of uh, cold, dark yes. hell. Um, even uh, now without school. Years without even school. Even now without school. I still get anxiety about September. Sunday nights, too. It's, yeah. it's a, that's why we decided to release this podcast on Sundays, to make Sundays a little bit better, because yes. Sundays used to suck. It used to be garbage garbage all you had was lois and clark the new adventures of superman that was not garbage i really love that show other stuff happened though the simpsons was on sunday nights i wasn't allowed i wasn't either until i started watching it anyway isn't it crazy though that something like eat my shorts yeah well that that, was so offensive the outrage and the fact that it was banned from my school the 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 bart simpson shirts like tipped off all mothers uh to not let their kids watch The Simpsons, but that didn't stop any of my friends from fucking watching The Simpsons. I could have. Was it because it. he was a rebellious kid who spoke his mind and and wasn't like straight edge and in line like everybody else? I think because they used to watch the Tracy Ullman show, so they thought it was adult because it was the interstitials. So that's where, they were, where the confusion uh, was. But like eventually, but it wasn't Beavis and Butthead. No, 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 no. It was and a family it, comedy. Exactly. I watched tons of Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead, but like later on. My parents finally were like, yeah, we should let you watch The Simpsons. We're sorry. Yeah, and Ren and Stimpy, which was part of Snick, you know, which was made for kids. That show was dirty and weird as fuck. It's fucking weird. There's a whole episode where he goes inside of his belly button because it tells him to come inside. Yes. And, and a whole episode where he saves his um, toothpaste spit in a jar. Yeah. Or an episode where an old man is lecturing them. And as he's lecturing them, his ears and nose Start slowly. Start slipping <laughs> off his face. <laughs> <laughs> They really did not like old people. You know, my my brother has uh, some original cells. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. That's kind of why I want to go. I'm excited to go to L.A. or to California to move there so I can hang out at the Hyena Gallery and try and buy some cells because they sell all sorts of cells. Yep. You can have a collection. Seashore. Well, well, we're we're, we're going to live in the in the BoJack Horseman house in the Hollywood Hills, and our walls and will be covered with Ren and Stimpy just cells. As much. No, we're not. Okay. Get, get, okay, let's get into it. So we're, read, we're reading from uh, Unplugged again. Uh, today. And um, this is, uh, I wrote this, I guess I wrote this for school because it's all of the adjectives in the entire thing are underlined. So I must have handed it in as like some kind of exercise uh, and description, which was of course my bag. I never wrote anything with a narrative. It was all description based. Uh, And I wrote it January 9th, 1995, fifth or sixth grade. 
Um, and it's about, it's about Maine. So, I woke up in my warm bed in Ogunquit, Maine, on a summer morning. It was still dark in the room, but I spotted a small hint of crimson light through the window. Crawling out of the mess of tangled sheets, I tiptoed to the closet and took my plaid robe, creeping gingerly into the living room. Of course, lots of adverbs, too, because, you know, you know, you know who you're talking to here. Mm-hmm. Creeping gingerly into the living room so as not to wake anyone, I squinted at the black clock that was sitting on the blank, quiet TV set. 426. I went back to my room and stole my book up from the polished wooden bedside table. I then crept softly back into the living room that would be busy and buzzing in a few hours, but was so still now. Unlatching the two cold metal locks on the back door, I stepped out into the damp, cold morning that was just beginning and onto the small porch. It was wet from last night's rain, and I went back in to get a dry towel to sit on before settling down with my book. I took a deep breath. The sweet essence of flowers was carried through the fresh morning air. Across the Ogunquit River and beyond the grassy sand dunes, the semicircle of sun sent bold red and orange rays across the picture-like landscape. The sky was ablaze with fiery, overwhelming colors. Little by little, the sun rose higher, and as far as I could see, everything was bathed in brilliant golden light. I could sense the world around me waking up. The birds were already chirping their lively morning melodies. It was... Sorry, this is in pencil, so it's kind of hard to read. It was amazing how the vast area had transformed from a dull, lifeless expanse into such a world of luminous colors before my eyes. It was the most radiant image I had ever experienced and have, and above and beyond all my expectations. Um, you could tell that was an adjective exercise. Oh, yeah. There were probably 200 adjectives in there. And, and no cash-in. No cash-in. Yeah. That's great. Um, but I remember that day, and that book was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Nice. You've been on that porch. I've been on that porch. I've hung out with the chipmunk. Maine. Yeah, with the chipmunk, the oh, aggressive yeah. chipmunk. Have you ever, uh, did you ever get up to watch a sunrise when you were little? Oh, yeah. Once in a while. Like, it, did, it was not a normal thing. But, yeah. I mean, when I worked at Starbucks, I would see the sunrise. No, that's different. This was by choice. That's what's so great about it. And, and uh, I, never, I, never I was really. like 10 or 11. No? Not really. I mean, sometimes I'd get up at like 5 a.m. and go downstairs and watch Channel 96. What was that? Was that the fuzzy porn channel? Yeah, but it wasn't fuzzy on the, on the living room TV. <laughs> oh, man. Um, our guest is like chomping at the bit, ready to participate in this. So let's, I think that we should, in, we should get, get it going. So our guest... Uh, is a very is a good friend of both of ours, but especially Phil. They go way back and have all kinds of bizarre in jokes that I don't understand. Um, he is a musician <laughs> and a writer and a filmmaker and a social worker. He does all the things. It is Joe Palestina. Hello. So uh, we see from a distance the bleachers behind a school, and. Uh, there's no, there's nobody there. There's no game happening, but uh, we see one lone body sitting on the top bleacher. He's wearing a black hoodie and uh, black pants, probably, and he's, his head is kind of down. He's maybe got a headphones on, and he's plucking petals off a of flower one by one by one. Hi, Joe. Hello. Welcome to the bitch seat. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure already, already huh? Already, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I saw you were uh, you were dying to, to jump in here about Channel 96. Did you have something to say about that? Well, I, I specifically 
know what what Philip is talking about. We it was the same station for yep. us. I mean, we lived a couple of towns over, but it was there was one TV in one room yep. that it didn't work as well, but the living room it did. But it felt like it was only like certain hours of the day. I don't yeah. know what it was. But did you use an antenna? It was. No. We all we pro- both probably had the illegal box. Entirely possible. Yeah, I, we had a box. I don't know if it was illegal, but but we there was definitely a couple hours throughout the day where it was it was nice and it was wavy and you visible very yeah very visible not too visible yeah, but yeah, visible yeah. enough that you can get rocking yeah <laughs> it was it was almost more fun to, to enjoy the squiggliness because you're more in search of the image and when it came in real clear oh I'm you know, a, like, I'm a hundred percent on board with that I mean for the same reason that I liked to watch the grind on MTV when I was coming of age, because you didn't see any actual sex happening, but you saw some... Listen, your eyes were pasted to Eric Nye's niece, whatever his name was on the grind. Wasn't that his name? I don't know, because I wasn't, I wasn't pasted to that. I was just looking at, I was, I was looking at the, I was just looking at the bodies moving. You know what I mean? And like, it only needed to be implied. It didn't need to be explicit. Yeah, that's And and that was enough for me to um, hump the ottoman in my den. Sweet. You know? (laughs) I mean... You go, girl. I mean, that's the thing too, is that... Like, as you were saying, Phil, you got up early in the morning and you went to the living room to do that. Well, I, I didn't do like- it. I didn't know what to do then. I just knew that there was dirty TV. I, just, I didn't start until... Okay, but you had to watch the, the, dirty TV, the dirty TV in a public place because yes. we didn't have computers and TVs in our rooms yet. You know what I mean? It was a much more dangerous time. I know. And watching... And also, like, looking at internet porn on dial-up yes. in the dining room, which yeah. now became the computer room which had many entrances was was treacherous always as well. very treacherous well i think the cool the cool thing about the bitch scene what you what you do is the talking about the nostalgia and growing up and those types of things and you can't when you first asked me to do this the first thing that came to my mind mm. oddly enough was porn just because <laughs> well no i mean not in yeah. a funny way but in a way of like as a young kid that's another actually i have a very weird experience with porn as a very young, 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 like six years old. Which you I, have to share now. When I lived in Newark, before I moved to Glen Ridge, I was six years Nork. old. Nork. All right, that's how you guys say it. I was actually Nork. five in Newark, and we were, I was hanging out with a couple of kids that, who knows where they are, I don't even remember their names. One was Anthony, I do remember that. And we were just running along in the back. This is a true story. I think I've told you this story. But we were in behind a garage, just like rumbling through stuff. and Somebody's you know. garage, not a stranger's garage. No, it was like a, it, there are apartments in Newark, the Forest Hill section in Newark, where there's like all these shared space garages. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, sandwich stacked garages, like, you know, boom, 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 boom. And behind that, there's, you know, leaves and whatever else. And mm-hmm. So I'm running and I step on something and, you know, I'm rus- rustling around to see what it is. And it was a playgirl, a playgirl. Wow. So, which I've never actually seen one in person. Phil has a lot of them. You should yeah. ask him. So I, I open it up, <laughs> and you know it's men, you know, yeah. with giant erect penises, yep. and, and I'm five. Yeah, you know, and I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at myself, and and did did the, did you make a connection there? Like, did were you old enough to be like, oh. That's what I'm going to look like. You know, like? when you're that young and you see something like that, like what Phil said about the, the channel, you, you just don't know. You're just like, what is this? You know what I mean? And it didn't, you know, obviously turn me on, but I yeah. was like, but I have that too. Yeah. But it doesn't look like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it was a very weird experience. And I thought to myself, when you asked me to do this, I was like, 
God, if I could go back in time and if I kept that magazine, that would have, that would have been <laughs> I'm, a perfect I'm, prop. I'm glad that you did it though. For today. No, yeah. but 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 what you have, I think, is better because it's more personal to you, and we can jump right into it. Um, and uh, and you can tell the listeners about your artifact if you would like to introduce. Well, um, one of the things that that my friend Brian and Phil always connect on, even at 35 years old, is. You know, Star Wars. Of course. And, and because there's such an emergence of new films and, you know, younger generation, older generation, sometimes it gets a little oversaturated, you know, even for the real diehard fans. And then you look at other diehard fans and you kind of look at them like, you're such a fucking loser. There's a real disconnect. Yeah. But this, when I was, when I lived in Newark, I had at least 120 Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. Some were, most of them were the regular size, the ones that you yeah. had too, you know, Han Solo, Palpatine, all those guys. And then I had ships and all different types of stuff. And my uncle would come over. We would build it together. And then I would prop it out in my room. Mm -hmm. And I would set everything up. And I would put it on top of building blocks. And one thing in particular that I had, after I would leave it all like this for about two days, I would leave it. No no one was allowed to touch it. Mm -hmm. And then I would come in with my favorite piece, Rancor, from Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And I would just smash everybody (gasps) with the Rancor. And then, you know, I would... I would get over it and then I would rebuild it. That's you know, such later a on. great symbolic activity. That is beautiful. Just like demonstrating the cir- the circle of life, of creation and destruction, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else I would do with, with other toys that I didn't like as much? Like I liked Sesame Street when I was little, but it was a thing that I wouldn't admit to people. I wouldn't admit to like other school friends that I liked Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. How old were you to like when, what was the oldest point that you were still watching those things? Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably eleven, or probably eleven. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, that's a good question. Well, because I, w- I wonder why why you were nervous to talk to people about that. Because I didn't watch Sesame Street past probably like four or five. I don't think. I think it goes back to just uh, an anxiety and insecurity I had. Mm-hmm. Insecurity I had as a young young boy. I used this used to happen to me when I lived in Glen Ridge and everybody had like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and my mom would give me an eggplant parm sandwich. <laughs> I would eat it out of the bag and I wouldn't show anybody because one time a kid, Jesse Myers was his name. He's like, what is that? Piece what are, what are you eating? And I was like, it's a chicken parm. And everybody laughed at me and pointed <gasps> their fingers. But you so, had way better food than anybody. Yes. Yeah. But when you're young and you know, Glen For Ridge sure. was a very, you know, elitist white suburban town, you know, and I was coming from North. They all ate a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are... So it was one of those things where I just felt kind of nervous. And and about the the Sesame Street, going back to the Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers thing, I was just like, well, people know me as the Star Wars kid, you know, all my buddies. And I just felt it was a little... I'm trying to think of the word queer, to be honest, to to like, you know, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. So what I would do with those toys, like I Mm -hmm. had a little Grover, I had a little Elmo, Mm -hmm. I would put them in the Rancor's mouth and the Rancor (gasps) would eat them when I would get mad at myself about... Liking. Oh my God, this, this is, is breaking really my deep. heart. I, mean, I, love I love it. It's it. beautiful. It. It's beautiful. And that's what I would do. And I would, you know, I moved a lot when I was a young boy. We moved from Newark to Glen Ridge and then from Glen Ridge to South Florida when I was 15, which was an emotional move for my parents. My dad lost his job and we moved. And I just always remember, you know, having the, the, Darth Vader chest of Star Wars toys, yeah. but having the Rancor right near it and the Millennium Falcon, keeping it all under my bed. Because then you get to the age where it's like 15, 16, 17, and like you have to close your door and like kind of play with the toys yeah. because it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I, I mean, I was in middle school. I had, no fr- I had no friends except for my buddy John, and we both still played with action figures. And we were like 13, 14, and we would just imagine what the Clone Wars was like with all of our Boba Fett toys yeah. and all our Jedi and just pretending... That way, like, yeah, you had to close your door. You couldn't couldn't have an open hmm. window. And I kept the rancor, and I kept that rancor 
forever. And I always tried to get the Elmo doll. There was like the little Elmo yeah. toy in it. And yeah. it was so funny because I could never get it out of the Rancor. I, you know, I regretted it putting it into the Rancor. And I would shake the Rancor, little, you know, monster guy. And the Elmo toy would come to like it, the teeth of the Rancor. But my little midget, little Italian greasy fingers. You couldn't I could, pull it out. I could never. So Elmo well, was stuck inside Rancor forever. That's what he said. <laughs> but, but I would pull it out. I could never pull it out. It would get right to the edge. Yeah. I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it out. Um, and so is it still in there? Well, here's the story. Yeah. This is a true story. And I want you to ask our friend Big Head Kev about this. I shall. I have a friend shall. named Big Head Kev. Um, obviously a giant head. You know, big Polish Nordic looking dude. I mean, he looks kind of, I don't want to be offensive, but he looks almost like Corky from Life Goes On if he ate the ooze in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. Oh, no. (laughs) He's just giant with this weird, sort of simple face, and he just, you know. But you know, you're surprised when you can have conversations with him. Yes, because he. At length. Well, he has that sort of, he's like brilliant. Yeah. So he comes over to my apartment on Baldwin Street. Tipsy. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, he's a little reefer in mm-hmm. him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that everybody knows that he has to be mixer, Mr. Fix-It guy. If there's something broke, if there's something that's not broke, he's always looking to fix something. Oh, Joe, that's how he talks. You, you got to do this. You got to do this with, your, with mm-hmm. your exhaust pipe all the time. And if he's drunk or if he's stoned, he's even a little bit more like that. So mm-hmm. I had the Rancor out on my like dresser. I don't know why I would. At, at, this was when I was 29. Yeah. But I had it out. Why not? It was a, that was a weird time for me. So I was kind of retreating back to Star Wars. My band broke up. So I was kind of just, I was like real Star Wars mode. And he looks at the Rancor. He's like, oh, Joe, look at that. And I was like, yeah. So he starts playing with it. And I'm like, you know, I got, the, I, I told him the story. I was like, I got the Elmo in there. It's like a funny thing. He's like, I was like, you know, I, if you shake it, you see the little Elmo dingling out of the, yep. out of the mouth. And he goes, oh, let me try to get it out. I was like, nah, it's kind of part of it. To, to that <laughs> He goes, nah, let me try to get it out. And he rips the arm. No! no. He rips the arm off the Elmo. And that's why it's important, you know, when when you see this, you know, you're going to, the arm is completely off. He didn't mean to do it. It's like a Wookiee. Well, he didn't mean to do it, but he was just trying to help. And he he ripped it off. And then the little Elmo doll fell out, you know, all (sighs) discolored and old. And I was like, Kev, I mean, I'm not that upset because, you know, I'm 30. But, but, but the, the, you was, shouldn't have yeah. done. You shouldn't have done that. And Kevin looked at me sincerely, and he was like, "I'm sorry, pal." You know, and like it was a really awkward thing. It was like a moment when you're stoned and you break your buddy's bowl. You know, he looked yeah. at me like, oh, "Oh God, yeah, I'm sorry." And I was like, uh, "Don't worry about it, dude." And he was like, "Maybe I can get some glue." I was like, "No, because oh. then the arm's not going to move." You know, yeah. and it's just, it'll yeah. be different. It'll be different. So now I have a Rancor without an arm and the Elmo toy. I don't even know where it went. That's gone. And it's just. Oh, um, it was the Rancor's arm that came off. It was, he pulled the Rancor I thought arm. He, I thought it was the Elmo's arm no, that he came was, off. He was trying to shake the Elmo t- toy out. Yes. So he, he pulled the arm back. Yeah, that rubber band. I can fix that for you. Actually, there, I've, I've fixed a few things like that before because there's a YouTube. Yeah, but I think what he said, it's the point. Of, in the same way that, remember we had, okay, so we have this, sorry. I'll finish the sentence at some point. We have this glass bowl. It's a seahorse. Its name is Jesse James. It's very significant. We got it on Venice Beach, uh, our first trip out there together. And um, and the man who sold it to us, his name was Jesse James. And because I went back looking for this bowl in this shop on Venice Beach, mm-hmm. we ended up missing our flight. So 
and buying a new one. So the piece essentially cost us $1,000. Very special seahorse piece. <sighs> Which means we have to use it. Which means we have to use it. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's really great. But one, it's of great its little, one of its little seahorse little fin things broke off. You know, it's a blown glass piece mm-hmm. and it broke off and I was crushed by it. But then rather than try to just super glue it and make it look like there's no, nothing wrong with it, I did the Japanese way, which when the Japanese uh, break uh, pottery, like ceramic pottery, they hold the, they use like gold leaf paint to put it back together rather than clear paint to sort of hold the um, brokenness of it up to show, like to, to show, like battle wounds, you know, to value the battle wounds rather than to cover them up and pretend they're not there. So I use this like, this like oil spill green gold nail polish to put the, the seahorse's wing back on. And I like it better that way because it, it's had a life with me, you know, and obviously I got this four years ago, you got the, the rancor is from your childhood. So I understand not wanting to try to pretend like it's all better. Like the the trauma happened, the trauma happened. But, um, I mean, I think that's kind of beautiful because it's part of the it's part of the journey of you, and it's part of the journey of the whole piece. And and that's a really good point. And you know, not to get too deep here, but like I was saying before, when I was about twenty seven, I think my band broke up mm-hmm. right after we went on tour. You know, we were shopping different labels and booking agents, and you know, one of my best friends in the band moved to London. As you know, pe- people are people; they're going to do what they want. But like, I took it sort of personal for a little bit because I was like, ah, we were so close. Looking back, I overreacted, but I was really down about it. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a weird stage that I retreated back to all my Star Wars stuff. You know what I mean? And I would, I remember. I, I, if, and if you ask my roommates, I mm-hmm. incessantly watched all three of the original films every night, you mm-hmm. know, before I went to sleep. Like, this is a really sick, I was like really in, into it. You know, it helped me you a lot. You needed to regress. You yeah. needed to. Was this during Omnivores too? It was during yeah. Omnivores. And and I regret, and you're right, I needed to regress. And I would put the toys out. I wouldn't play with them, but I would just be like, oh my On God. On display, look. yeah. And I, this is when, also when I started to write a, a novel that will never get published, but I was writing it all the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was about that nostalgia, that obsessive nostalgia, mm-hmm. almost being too nostalgic mm-hmm. and, and regressive. And then Kevin came over, you know, as a friend and tried to fix something and broke it. You know, rank this thing that I had since I was six. And I you said to myself. You have to write the short story at least. Well, you're right. And I said to myself, you know what? Shit happens. You know what I mean? Like he didn't mean to break it. Of course I was hurt, but it's a fucking toy. I know, but it, I mean, it's symbolic. It's had such a long life. Yeah. And re- regardless of, I mean, it can hurt anyway. It can hurt because, yeah. because whatever it's. Okay, so we carry all of our all of our emotional traumas and stresses in our bodies, and until we actively release them, whether we um, whether we do it in therapy or through like some plant medicine ceremony or like it just hap- like while we're running we just start crying like it, it that stuff doesn't get released out of our bodies until it does you know what I mean and so I think that kind of like breaking something like that was a way for a, a release to happen. It had to, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't think there's any shame in having something that's that important to you. It's not the toy itself. It's not like you're, it's not like you're idolizing a piece of plastic. It's like what it represents of your, of your life. And I think it's so fucking beautiful that you would set up all of your toys and you had a plan and you knew like in two days, yeah, like gonna the city's going to come down. Or, the, or I sometimes I bring the millennium Falcon in and, and destroy it, which is still perfectly put together. But if there was anybody that was going to break it, it would, it be, would, be, it would you. be Yeah, but I mean, like, my, I'm happy that as corny. This is like a movie moment. Like, yeah. I'm happy it was you. 
But I was, yeah. I'm happy it was Big Head Kev because I've, yes. known, I've known Big Head Kev since he was 17 and I was 14 and we've been through a lot together as he's a family friend. Yeah. And now, you know, the arm's off so I can get a little, I can go in there sideways and get a little weird. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> so, oh, come yeah. on. When Jesus. the mouth just won't do. Oh, well, you gotta it's, go oh, in there. it's got fangs. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is a pretty ugly toy. I don't think I'd want to put my genital inside of it. Whoa. Hey. Maybe just dunk a little ball in there. You know what I mean? In the morning. Good morning, Rancor. Hello. Well, you know, Phil, you know, the, the, the shot when, when Luke, when Luke is like right before he sticks like the four yeah. by four in its mouth, we'll never forget like the way it op- the way his mouth opens and like the phlegm that goes from his top tooth to the bottom tooth. Yeah. Like, I loved that. That was well, oh, stretchy well, saliva. So cool. Well, you know, I mean, star- you could do a bitch sheet about Star Wars for uh, 10 years. You probably, Seriously. you know, but, but it's that creature that you were like, oh my God. And they worked so, oh. producer Kent. Producer oh, Kent has a... Fuck. 2016, you're taking everything Wait, can from you read, us. Wait, can you read whatever this headline oh. is? Kenny Baker's passed away. Oh, Kent. He's Jesus. 81. 81! Jesus Christ, Kent. Not... Yeah, tell the listeners who he, he was is. He was R2-D2. He was inside of the R2-D2 box. And, oh, and man. This just happened today? I oh, guess my God! This is like fate right now, yeah. so we should all just jump out of the, the window. Absolutely. <laughs> this was uh, this is recorded on August 13th, uh, needless to say. It will be, it will be airing uh, in a month, but yeah. Wow, this is that's. I just I've, I've eliminated the uh, the air of liveness. You know what the the and I don't mean this in an insulting way, but if they do more films with R two D two, they could find another little person or a midget to put in there. They but they don't even do that anymore. Yes, they do. There's certain Did shots. They do that, that for Force Awakens. I believe there was a couple of shots that little guy was in there. But really? you're saying it's all DG. What's that word? CGI. They. Uh, I think <laughs> DG. What? How old are you, Joe? Thirty five. Eighty five. Well, well listen, some, so, some parts of my body are. What you're saying? You're all shriveled up. Oh Jesus! I mean, Christ. listen. If you bring it up, his I'm colon gonna... is is roughly. Well, that's another childhood thing that we'll go back to, maybe. Yeah. You're, you're, sh- you're shriveled cock. Yeah. No. I'm, well, Phil knows what my what no, he doesn't know what my penis looks like, but we he tells me enough. It looks yeah. like Jeff Goldblum, but we're gonna talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about that another time. <laughs> Kenny Baker, rest in peace. Yes, Seriously. rest in peace. Rancor, wow. still alive. Just no Still arm. alive. I'm uh, going to go it, home and fuck the shit out of that <laughs> Rancor. Just the memoriam oh, of no. Kenny Baker. Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, well, it's, it, the, the, the funny thing is nowadays, if they put, if there was a modern movie being filmed and they put a little person inside of a droid box, like a robot box. You'd have the anti, oh, you'd have the midget, everybody. midget awareness people we'll be coming Peter out. Dinklage would be coming out and being like, that's not cool. But, and now, even when they were filming Force Awakens, they, I think they hired a guy, a fanboy who had a service that he made remote control droids. They hired him to do the droids. So they main, may or may not, I really want to find out now. If he was in the Force Awakens at all, but I think he was like in the background somewhere. Oh well, Kenny Baker. Um, yes. Sorry. No, that's. I mean, we have another artifact. Well, wait, wait, uh, wait. But nothing is gonna. Well, nothing nah, is gonna yeah. meet the rank. Yeah, the, the other ones. The other ones boring. Back, uh, you know, back to what you do though, this, and I mean this sincerely. <laughs> not at everywhere. Sorry. No, that's okay. I think about it from time to time that you've been doing this for as long as you have because. Mm. It's not a deep, I'm not trying to be deep, but it's, we are what, what our past was, you know, in a sense. And you have to be able to move on from that as well. But, but I think like all of the things, when I talked to my mom about how I was, about how I played with my toys, about how I was the only kid she's ever met that 
I used to stay in the bathroom for like hours and just talk to myself. I had a, an imaginary friend named Bench. I don't know why he was named Bench, <laughs> but I would talk to him. I would I would play with my toys. About Bench? In the bathroom? In the bathroom. Because well, was I'd there lo- only was there only one bathroom in your house? There was only one bathroom in Newark in my apartment, and then there was only one bathroom on Summer Ave. But this goes back to something else. So if you if we want to get into the yeah. social worker aspect, yeah, you know, the anal and phallic stages, mm-hmm. is that I love and I still love going to the bathroom. I like being in there for a while. I like talking to myself and I like my own solitude in that regard. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. could, I could entertain myself, you know, for hours just. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, and this is, I mean, this is such a weird segue, but it was, the bathroom was a really important part of my adolescence too, because, uh, so there, it was a, it was a big bathroom, the one on the main floor that my brother and I both used. Um, and in front of the bathtub, there was a little space heater that was probably from like the early seventies. It was, it was this like, um, like maybe two feet high and this brown color. And on the front, there were these three squares that would light up, um, uh, red, yellow, and green. And you plug it in and, um, I guess that those were the settings for whatever. It was a space heater probably a huge fire hazard. And there was like a fluffy pink uh, bath mat. And I would sit on the bath mat at, with my magazines and, and just like hang out in the bathroom yeah. in front of the space heater, looking at Vogue magazine, obsessing over like the models, bodies and Delia's. And I mean, that was probably like planted the early seeds of anorexia. But I mean, it was also like a safe place. I would go in there with my sticker collection. I would go in there with my diary. Um, and it was just a warm, it was a safe it, spot. It was nice and it was safe. And it was before what you talked about the anorexia and it was still in a place where you're you're, you were comfortable with where you were before exactly. you started to overanalyze things like we all do. Yeah, exactly. And it was probably the only place, like for me, my dad used to just walk into my room. If my door was shut, I can't remember how many Oof. times he called me jerking, oh, yeah. jerking off. Seriously. Oh, no. He would catch me jerking off and he would be, classic line, in your mother's house, you're going to do this? Where uh, the fuck I, else are you going to do this? And I would be like, dad, you rail my mother in the same house. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever catch them? Did you ever hear it? Um... Uh, Christmas Eve, Oof. one time, you know, hey, Santa's coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, back, but back to what the bathroom is yeah. that it was the only place, and it still is the only place that I feel that I'm on an island and no one is going to interrupt me or, or, you know, barge in. Like, mm-hmm. even if I, you know, sometimes classic Italian parents, my dad would be taking a dump. I'm in the shower. My brother's brushing his teeth all in one, you know, sometimes Jeez, in the morning. Please. But but a lot of, most yeah. often than not, my parents knew that when I was in there for more than 10 minutes, it would be, it was a time for me to kind of, to Put get to my, recenter. to get to my Nirvana place. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and that just reminded me, and I don't know if you have dreams, if either of you has dreams like this, but it is a frequent anxiety nightmare that I have that I need a bathroom and I cannot find one um, that has a door on it. Or where it's always a privacy thing, actually. Or I'm always when I'm either, I'm either, in public. Yeah, I have There's to. No walls. It's like I have to poop, or I I really really have to get off, and I can't find a room that doesn't have like people just coming and going through the room. And or I, both at the same time, poop and get off. You know that doesn't that doesn't happen for me, but uh, <laughs> I. Uh, no. Well, yeah. well, but. I mean, you weren't around. I'm not, not going to go there. This isn't that kind of podcast. But it is oh. the same type of stimulation and feeling of just kind of. I need some. I out. need some privacy to have some release, and I can't get it. And I think that's what what you're talking about with like the bathroom and just having a safe spot that like. Yeah. 
you know, people might bust into your bedroom, but no one's going to bust into you while you're taking a shit. Like exactly. nobody wants to be a part of that. Yeah, exactly. You know? I completely agree. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I've continued that. You know, I still do that. 35, like my fiance, my fiance. Yes, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you very much. We're both like that. Like she'll go in the bathroom for 45 minutes, you know, play on the phone or call, you know, yeah. read a magazine and I'll do the same thing. And we kind of respect each other. Yep. And then when she comes in, actually, I don't feel uncomfortable. Like she's allowed to come in while I'm just chilling in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it, that's how I knew she was the one oh that she could God. stay in the bathroom while I'm, you know, squirt shit all day. <laughs> but <laughs> and, anyway, and we, we actually have figured something hysterical out, but maybe I'll tell you off the air. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Perfect formula for while she's going to the bathroom. I can also go to the bathroom while she's not poop, but we've got it. Like it's like top gun, uh, like Ninja Navy seal. Boom. Oh yeah, it's. What, did she sit down? And, yep. Are you and, on board for this? No. Oh. I mean, do you want to do this? Is this something now that you, want, you personally want to do? I don't know. Do? I'm curious. Well, we can try. Phil, it could be difficult for Phil. The, He's got to like you know. He's great. I'm, f- I'm fine. Fine. Actually, my my privacy. Not like Parks. No. Who's got a fucking what, clip does, pecker? Jesus. Oh, God. Sorry. Uh, I I wish I could scrub that from my mind. Oh, Jesus. Why would you say that that's about Parks on a... a, Because he's going to be hopefully the next guest that you have come in at some point. Well, I'm going to have to now. Funniest man alive. I have to talk about his penis for about an hour. Yeah, it's real small. Um, Colonel Mustard from Clue every time you take his pants down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (sighs) Now he can't listen to this. Amazing. Jesus Christ. It's funny. I've... Bathroom. <laughs> Bathroom. Mine is the car. My private. It's my. It's where I can. Right, be. and that's why. And that's why we just had yeah. this fight the other day. We had a fight because I. Please I, tell me. I love other relationships. My cars. My car's dirty because I like to do this thing where it's not dirty. It's just full of trash. In the, or at the over the course of the week, I amass a little bit of trash. On Friday, I clean it all out. I clean it. Um, I clean the whole thing. Sometimes. Yes, depending. But I was really. I'm trying to get into the habit. The minute it tapers off. Like, I, I'll, I'll wash my car, and for about a month, I'll be really good about keeping it clean. And then I'll have to go wash my car again. But Wash your car? Inside uh, get, and out. Car wash. Okay. Inside and out. And sometimes I'll try and, like, just not have the trash in there, but I sometimes, you know. But it's your, the point is that you basically live in that car during the day. It is your office. It's your workspace. Oh, it's your private point. space. And he eats a lot of, like, if he has takeout or coffee cups or water yeah. bottles or whatever, yeah. and there's, like, there's a lot of garbage on the floor, and so it's like I'm staking out a joint. Little you know? Arby's and a cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah, it is like you're staking out a. It is. Yes. You, know, so you got the, the giant water bottles cut it with the top cut oh out so I can pee God. in it. Only if you it's had great. a toilet bowl in the driving seat. I wish you would never. You can leave get a, tr- a trucker's friend or whatever those things are called. Yeah, but they can't hook up to your anus. Only your penis. Don't you ever take a shit in the car? I'm never. Taking I will a never shit ride in, the car. in that car if you take a shit. I'm in that never car. taking a shit in that car. That's not happening. I would love to be with you while you take a shit in the I car. Know. And then I just know. This is why, this is why right Joey like, is a better you, person than I am. Beat me with that rancor arm. Yeah. Just like with the clawed side. Hey, what if you took that arm and you drill a hole in it and then you put it on a, on a thing around you your neck? You are a creative little woman, aren't Listen, you? Listen, I was saying the other day that the bitch seat is like, is like the whole point of it is like alchemy. It's like taking the garbage of the, the broken pieces of trash from our youth that, that, that make us think of sad or lonely things, and then twisting them into something that is useful and beneficial for us today. Listen, I like great. that. I think that there's a lot you could do with the arm. That's a good point. Yeah. I hope I kept the arm. I think I definitely kept the arm. I just don't know where it is. It's or you could you could bury it at the base of a tree. That's true. Or I can go to Tunisia where they shot Jedi. That's true. And I could bury it 
I could bury the arm there. Or you could melt it down in a frying pan and put it in your smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know what? I have the... Samantha's father works for Bed Bath & Beyond. He gave us the blend tech that you could... You could, you could <laughs> does it blend? A, oh, yes, it does. So put it, right, put it right in there. And then I can give it to Kevin and tell him that it's a smoothie and that maybe he drinks And then it he'll get arsenic poisoning. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You know, you're, you're, you're always thinking. I, 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 like, I like the necklace, though. I like the yeah. necklace. Yeah. Bring that to a fish concert next time you go with P. Or we can, you know, maybe my fiance and I can get a little, you know. Okay, you could use the arm. I mean, depending on the width of the arm. You know, yeah. it could be useful for something. But from the stump, not the hand. I feel like that would just be weird. Well, the so finger. So are you saying that people that the... have a stump can't finger blast their girlfriends? <laughs> but no, I'm his... saying they, they should do it more if they got a stump. <laughs> <laughs> or could you hollow? You could hollow it out and smoke out of it. There you go. This is another business that you are right now thinking about that you need to take your childhood toys and turn them into useful you products. You need an Etsy profile where people send you pictures and you say, "This is what we're going to do. This is how you're going to sell." It. I'm serious. That's I'm into a good. It. That's a good idea too. I'm into it. You can make it a little bowl, like a little Etsy solutions, yep, little one hitter yeah. with Etsy fingers at the end. Lissa solutions. Yes, Lissa solutions. Lissa solutions. I love it. That's wonderful. Um. Yeah. Um. Well. Yes. So. I feel like we could talk to you forever. I feel like you totally well, fucking you know, get it's, it. It's I feel like you totally it's fucking get it. Well, you know, listen, we've always had this funny thing. Yeah. And I've always suffered from this. It's been an issue for me, particularly at different times of the year, which is seasonal, of course. Yes. Um, is the nostalgic thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's what my book's about. That's yeah. what my lyrics and my music is about. That's what all of our films that we do are about. I love are your about. music, by the way. Phil was playing it for Thank me. Thank you very much. But everything is kind of about like that stand by me stage in my life of not being able to move on from that. And Sometimes it's a little detrimental and it affects me in a way that makes me really miserable. But it's probably why I'm a guidance counselor as well is because I like to surround myself with the youth and the childhood and help them so that they have. Absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously what this show is about is me still trying to process the immense amount of sadness that I had when I was growing up. And so Stranger Things, I assume you watched it. I haven't watched it yet. We're about to. I, I started Homeland. I never watched Homeland. Oh no no no! Skip Homeland. Go straight to I know, Stranger Things. I don't Things. really like Showtime anyway. But I, I like the first seasons. Okay, but Stranger Things. You're about- gonna go down a rabbit hole. You're gonna cry so much in, yeah, a, in a, a about, great way. You have to be probably the thirteenth person that told me to watch it. So I'm definitely. Did Murphy watch tell it. you to watch it? Murphy hasn't told me to watch it, but and you know this. Speaking of childhood, we all have friends now, and when we were younger, when they tell us that to watch something or listen to something. We, they're kind of in that I don't know if I like you kind of friendship. Right, I don't so, know if our taste would actually So matter. out of spite, you wind up not watching it. That was lost for me. <laughs> lost. Everybody was like, watch Lost. I was like, fuck no. Right? Yeah. Like I had a friend, yeah. Tony, I don't know if you ever met him, but he was the guy with shaggy hair that I was, that was always in college. Like, you have to listen to Radiohead, man. If you don't listen to Radiohead, and I do, and I'm going to be honest with you. I told him at one point in college that the Counting Crows were better than Radiohead. And I hope that God... <laughs> And now that Radiohead is my favorite band of all time. And I hope that when I die, a Radiohead god comes down and sits, sits with me and says, do you realize this is what you said? It's, you know, Counting Crows. You did that. Omaha yeah. and, yeah. you know, all those somewhere. Oh, my oh God. Oh, boy. Yeah. But back to what I was saying, I'm going to check the show out. I just haven't, I haven't had, you know, we're in the, the homeland. You're going to fucking love it. It's exactly, it's exactly people who grew up in the 80s it's, are going to fucking get it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nostalgia trip. It uses the elements... That you would expect, but it does it differently in some instances. Philly, you have a croissant crumb in your eyebrow, in your right eyebrow. This whole time? Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it there. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? There you go. Um, uh, t- uh, do you want to plug some things? 
Uh, it took me about six months to work on um, my own website, which really just kind of shows... We're all in that boat. Yeah, you know, but luckily now I, I've developed a, a relationship with a guy who works for Wix Music. I'm actually going there later on today. Nice. And he kind of walks me through like tutorials about how to develop the website because I could do it, but my computer is like 10 years old and it's slow. So I created my own website, josephpalestina.com, mm-hmm. which just kind of lets you, lets people know like when the book's coming out or when our new EP. We have an EP, my band. Amazing. It's called Thing One. Mm-hmm. The EP is called the Fairweather Friends EP. It's just three tracks. It's our first three tracks, uh, th- our first EP that we've released in about seven years. Mm-hmm. You can get Because you got back together. Yeah, we get, we're, we're making a lot of music now. You can catch it on, uh, you know, iTunes and... Uh, YouTube, Joe Palin Eggs. Yep, I, we, I do short films called Joe Palin Eggs. We haven't done one in a while, but we're going to continue Welcome to kind of do that when we can. Sometimes when you do so much, you get kind of distracted and scattered, you know, and you kind of just yeah. half-ass a lot. Oh, I know. Well, like Sylvia Plath said this thing in the bell jar about, um, now it, it, it's a tree, it's a tree reference of basically, do you know what I'm talking about? No, you didn't read that. So- I feel like it's a common theme for me and and a lot of my friends who are who are into the creative life that we want to go through every single door and we're afraid if we go through one door then all the other ones are going to close and we want to do so many things and it's like you don't want to choose one oh, plum yeah. off the tree because then all the others are going to shrivel and die and you won't That's have gotten ex- to taste ex- them. You yeah. couldn't have said it any better. Well, really it's Sylvia Plath gets credit. But yeah. But thank you. Oh. <laughs> You're too kind, Joe. You're too kind. So I, I, I have a, a short book. Uh, it's about 160 pages. It's called Suckers. It's currently being rejected by every literary agency in New York City and California <laughs> oh. and London, but that's part of the process. Yes, it is. And it's sort of the story of a young man and all his struggles, blah, blah, blah. Um, josephpalestina.com is where you could kind of find updates. And uh, thingonemusic.com is not up yet, but that'll be the Wix website that we create for the band. Excellent. And October 30th, we, we, we will be playing... A death and Prozac art show in Montclair, New Jersey. Which Amazing. All you guys should come to, which yeah. Phil always helps us out with. Love that place. Basement Works? Or is it? In- yeah, it's in Basement. It's an art studio called Basement Works. Where is that now? Because I know that it was on they, Wallace they, Street. They moved across the street. Oh, really? So it's yeah. still on Wallace Street? Yeah. Great. That's wonderful. Hey, you know, feed me nails and call me rusty. It's going to be good. That's awesome. I'm moving into the fall. The fall is good mood for. For, for me. Me too. I like That's, the leaves and I'm having my engagement uh, party. Oh, good. The day you this know. comes out, right? September. Hey. You know? Oh my gosh, hey. really? Yeah, but we'll put it up on the big speakers and, you know, when my, you know, grandparents hear me talking about Playgirl, hopefully they'll throw up on their plate of yep, and, and pasta and there you go. Stick one of your nuts inside of the Hey, thing. you know, yeah. bullshit plus two is eight, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, well, yes, what? Well, hold on. Hold on one sec. Because uh, I have to give you a gift. And this is a specifically for you. I thought that you would super oh, enjoy it. God. So I have an extensive keychain collection from when I was little, I, right? I thought it was going to be Phil's dick. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 I that's, that's just for me. Yes, it could fit in there. I'm that's keeping it. John Lovett's dick. <laughs> sorry. Come on. That's the dicket. Oh, I never want to think of John Lovett's <laughs> when I'm, no. Um, anyway, so I had a big keychain collection. And I was a big, I was a curmudgeon when I was little because I was lonely and I didn't understand why. So it came out in the form of, I hate everyone. And so I have this keychain that says, hi, how are you? Now get out of my face before I kill you. Oh my God. And it's from Spencer Gifts and it's for you. Thank you very much, Lissa. It means a lot to me. (laughs) Thank you. I love (laughs) keychains. I do. Why? Because I I like to feel my keys in my pocket. I've lost my keys a lot. Uh Uh-huh. 
So I like to, to have things kind of latched onto it. Oh, know? well, perfect. Well, now you have a lovely negative sentiment. This is such a beautiful little thing. Oh, I know. Great color. Chain. It is a it great color. A wiener ornament. It could be. No, you a, hang it on the same necklace as the, uh, the Rancor ran- arm. I could put it in maybe in the Rancor fing- on the, in, the, in his fingers. Oh, he could be holding like it's it. It's like a ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're just bad. A Rancor. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, Phil. We got to go. Our right? brains are all going to explode. Um, Joe, it's been great. Thank yeah, you so Joe, much for doing the show. You're it. you're fucking great. I, we have to have you back and talk about well, another I, thing. I appreciate you two having me. Thank you, Kent, for uh, you know being the man behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, for all y'all, um, if you're if you live in LA, we got a show coming up November fifth uh, at the Nerd Melt Showroom on Sunset, and um, October. I believe our October show is October fifth. Yes. Uh, at QED in Astoria at eight. At uh, 7.30 p.m. It's a Wednesday show. Indeed. It's a special Wednesday show. And um, I believe October 29th is not a bitch seat show. It's Welcome to Hell. It's, it's our annual Halloween. Love it. Halloween bash we do at the People's Improv Theater. It's such a, it's such a good time. It's going to be the most entertaining hour of your life. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Which I will continue to plug every episode until you all come to see it. Because, you know, last time we had Lloyd Kaufman show up, it was great. And October 30th, we're doing Death and Prozac, which you guys are, invite, of course, invited to creatively to do anything you want from readings sure. to stand-up comedy to, to Phil dressing up as a werewolf singing Humans I'm Are on the board. Monsters. We're already okay. going to be in we uh, be we're gonna be in New Jersey that weekend for Chiller Theater where we're going to be uh, plugging You Only Die Once, which is a, a vampire story. comedy web series that Phil and I are both involved in. Um, yes. That's amazing. Yes. It's going to be great. I'm excited about that. Lots of good stuff, guys. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's getting dark outside, we are not going to commit suicide this time around. Oh, oh yeah. that's right, yeah, guys. man. Oh, All right. TheBitchSeatPodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play. Tell your friends, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff. TheBitchSeatPodcast.com. I said Jerry that already, said, oh, yes. Mind, then. Don't go there. Treasure what got you here, guys. Good night. In between the moon and you, angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies. Maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie and... Uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's on, hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, I right? triple kissed them. Okay, Whoa. a little triple kiss. Triple that way, I didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was and was that offset or on camera, or and they got cut out, maybe? Or oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because I, you know, what I mean, that's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. I don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked. I, I chalked her. You chalked her. What? <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!